Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Be sure to check us out on Anchor and the podcast and Spotify. You can listen to all of our archive shows there. Uh, we are in the middle of a position group series preview. Uh, you can, like I said, go uh, catch up if you need to. We're going to wrap up with linebackers uh, later in the week with Sean Vergovin. Chris Stan is with me now. We're going to double dip with our uh, defensive line and special teams. We will talk about that in a second. But like I said, Trouble with Snap podcast on Facebook page. We got some news coming down the wire here in the next few weeks. So we just got a couple of details to iron out. I'm really excited about it. Uh, so be sure to keep your eyes open. Uh, Chris, we're going to start with special teams because I know that hits home to you, man. Uh, Matt Coughlin, no longer with the program. He's been there since uh, right after Martin Anderson. And he was. <laughs> You know, he's uh, pursuing his career elsewhere. I think he's in, I think he's getting a shot in the XFL right now. Um, but they are going to be replacing him with Jack Stone, who, if look, if things go well, he, he's going to be a four year starter for this program. Yeah, I don't think it's the last that you've heard of Matt Coglin. Hopefully, if it's, well, uh, it could be San Diego or the Bears or the Bengals. Uh, cheap. Prop uh, shout out to Sandbar Cafe and Mama Ann Coglin. Um, if you're down Devil's Lake Way, uh, you might run into Matt or his folks down there at the uh, the coffee shop they own. So yeah, it's there. The Coglins are a friend of mine. So it's it's sad to see Matt go. Uh, he had a rough senior year. Obviously, everybody knows that. Uh, boy, it's it's going to be a little bit tough though to replace him. Luckily. We're bringing in what was the number seven kicker in the nation out of his class. Jack Stone uh, is a three-star recruit. He pretty much has to be the guy because plan B, it might as well be plan Q. Uh, Rusnak came in last year once at Purdue and missed. And then after that, we have a tight end slash kicker, Morris. Um, If we're getting to him, we have some serious issues um, in the place kicking game. Come on down. Uh, it's your job. Take a hold of it. Yeah, and I, I saw something where he had 55-plus yard range. Uh, you know, he, he uh, I think, 78% of his kickoffs were touchbacks. So, Yeah, he's got a, look, kid's got it, a big it, leg. He, he's got a big leg. The accuracy is my concern. I mean, his overall field goal numbers aren't that great. But, look, this – this staff has worked wonders with kickers because if you look at Coughlin, I mean, he took, he took a lot of bad kicks. And what I mean by that is long distance, big wind. And this is Mm -hmm. from a guy who, for whatever reason, while Shane Graham was coaching him and Shane Graham won the, you know, he he was a great NFL kicker, uh, you know, Coughlin in the same situation with Geiger couldn't put 42 on the ball. Um, And so I when this new staff came in, all of a sudden, Coughlin's kicking 50s like, you know, it's nothing. I mean, like I said, there was a lot of wind issues, a lot of bad angled kicks, too, and everything else given the distance. And it was – they were pressure kicks as well. It was – he was put in a lot of bad situations, but he converted on the ones that he should have after uh, this new staff came in. And, look, last year he was hurt. So yeah, it is what it he is. Was hurt more than half the year a lot of times that he went out there i think of the peach bowl especially the the dude could barely walk 
with different groin issues and different things he had, he was trying to literally, yeah, that, uh, you know, he, he gave Michigan state his all he's going to, you know, he left, uh, with a record for points. Uh, he was a fantastic kicker and that's saying something because Michigan state has had some tremendous kickers through the years. I hope Jack Stone can be the next. Yeah. And, uh, so that's going to be interesting to see, but like, like we said, I mean, it's really hard though too because it's really difficult to find like hey this kicker was four for five this game you know what I mean it's it's hard to find those stats for high school kids mm-hmm. so look I, I I trust the staff and uh, you know it's based upon what I saw from Coughlin I think there's still room to grow though and I mean I'm not trying to dog Coughlin but with the injury with his situational kicks and stuff like that, uh, the end of the COVID year, like his, his percentage wasn't all that great as far as uh, made field goals. And there were some bad snaps too with a uh, Hank pepper coming in and, you know, he was, he wasn't the most efficient at, you know, letting Behringer put the ball down. And so I think the combination of it all, look, you can't, if stone can kick from 55 plus, which is what I've been reading, you can't get, much worse in the situations that you've had the last couple of years with Coughlin's injury included in that. So, you know, not to say Coughlin's a bad kicker, but if he had Tucker, if he had this Tucker staff working with him for four years and he avoided the injuries and maybe he wasn't put in bad situations and just crap, lousy games in a two and five season, maybe I'd feel a little bit different about it. And I'm sure he'd be, looked at as one of the more efficient guys in school history, not Brett Swenson level, but you know what I mean? And so that, that's where I stand with that. But uh, we, we definitely need to start plowing through these a little bit. Uh, Bryce Behringer back. Uh, according to Mel Kuyper, the first punter and kicker potentially off the board in the draft class. Man, he's come a long way from being, what was he, like third string, fourth string or whatever a couple of years ago? I was so happy to see him back after Jaden Reed. This dude, not only is, is his swag off the charts with the dark rim glasses and the beard and stuff. I mean, it, he, he's hilarious and, and, and fantastic. But the dude can flat out bomb the ball. Fourth in FBS, not, uh, 48-6 per, uh, per attempt. He pinned teams inside the 10 10 times last year. You know, this guy – He's got to be a Ray Guy finalist this year if, uh, if if he lives up to what he's been doing. But that is such a big deal for our defense to uh, to have that where, you know, if we can get off the field on third down, all of a sudden Behringer is putting them deep and we're winning the field position game. He might be the, one of the most valuable weapons that we have. I know that sounds ludicrous to say, but uh, it's so valuable. Well, you go back to the 2013 season and uh, Mike Sather just pinned everybody and pinned everybody and pinned everybody and still had one of the top averages in the nation. Um, Behringer was really, really inconsistent um, when he was backing up Harbarger and stuff like that. And he was in that long group of punters that included Tyler Hunt, that included Will Pristup, which we'll talk about him in a second when we break down Jaden Reed as a returner. But you, when you look at his improvement, it's unbelievable. It's off the charts. Uh, great, like you said, great leg. He's got the ability to pin people. 
Um, you know, people talked about the uh, Miami returner grabbing it at the one yard line or whatever in the corner. It's like that thing was going out of bounds. It wasn't going in, into the end zone anyways. So who cares? Uh-huh. But it, yeah, he's absolutely incredible. Jaden Reed back returning kicks and punts. Obviously, Michigan State rolled two out there last year with Jalen Naylor. Look, I'm going to be frank with you. We don't know who number two is, but Jaden Reed is number one. Um, I think he's overrated as a punt returner. A lot of people have him first or second team All-American as a punt returner. I think it's because they're reading the stats, which shows two punt returns for a touchdown. One was Western Kentucky, and one was where Will Pristep punted it the wrong way, and Jalen Aver called for a fair catch on one end of the field, and Reed had to shake one guy. I thought you would bring that up. Nebraska went flat out dumb and against a decent punt coverage, he probably doesn't take that to the house. So the two touchdowns is overrated. The 23 yards per return is somewhat legit. When you think about who he had to go up against later in the season there, I'm not worried about the punting game and I'm not worried about the punt return game. The kick return game is we're kind of blowing through this because we got some other things to get to. Do you mind if I roll with this for a second? Hit it. All right, so the kick return game, you know that I'm a track and field coach. There's two guys that I want you to keep an eye on, and there's a chance that they could be, I told you so, or it could be, wow, Stanton, you're an idiot. Those dudes never saw the field. Aubrey Dawkins has lightning speed. Uh, Redshirt sophomore, he was a sprinter in high school, and then the other one, I actually know a little bit more about Dylan Tatum, who was a four-star athlete in high school. This dude can flat out fly. He was running uh, 48s, I believe, in the 15th state meet at the Division One level, MHSAA Division One. That's that's the the best of the state meets. As a D3 coach, I'll I'll admit that um, Tatum is one of those guys. I think that they're trying to find a fit for. He's probably not going to make it through the, the wide receiver room, but this would be a great spot for him to uh, to make a name for himself. I do wonder about Lockett. Is he too valuable in the wide receiver room? I don't think so. I, I think that between if those – Jaden Reed's not too valuable, Tyler Lockett is Yeah, that, that's a good point. If, if we're going to put Reed out there in punt returns to, get, to get smoked, uh, I think, yeah, Lockett, Lockett could be another guy, but keep an eye on Dylan Tatum. I think that uh, with his, just his raw speed, if he can hang on to the ball and and not grimace away from the oncoming train crash, car crash that's coming at him uh, on kick returns, um, that that dude could be a, a difference maker too. Yeah, and uh, that that's one of the things with uh, Tatum too is I mean, look, we we talked about him as that safety. You know, he's going to be that third safety. Just um, if some. You know, if Michigan State needs to expand their uh, secondary a little bit, so I, I always mean, it, if he if he makes it there too, then you know, yeah. good for him. When it comes to the special teams guys, I always I always think of Jeremy Langford. You know, people forget how Jeremy Langford made his name on special teams for Michigan State. It was not right away at back. He he emerged on the scene by going balls out in the, in the return game and the, the coverage game. So um, you never know. Yep. Uh, should be interesting. But like I said, Reed getting much love. The, the one thing I like about him though, is he is consistent and he'll get you to the 20 regardless. So as long as he does that, I'm cool. You know, he doesn't yep. drop the ball. So it, whatever at that point. 
Right. Give, give me a little bit of that consistency as long as they're not calling for a fair catch every time too, which was something that I think drove people crazy during the D'Antonio era. I'm good with it, and uh, Reed's not one of those guys. So let, let, let's roll with that. I'm Like I said, I'm cool with all of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Jack Stone, my one concern, um, if we're talking about pros and cons, the pro, look, you can flip the field with Behringer, and uh, you can spell that defense. Uh, it, he may even get more stuff because I don't think you're going to get the home run plays from the offense. So that would be my pro is he can give the defense a little bit more room to work uh, that they may not have had last year because, you know, you kick it off and the other team gets it at at least a 25 usually. Uh, the coverage was always good for Michigan State, but you kick it off, the other team gets it at the 25. Uh, but that's because you're getting those home run plays for touchdowns. You're not going to get as many this year. You're going to work and you, you might see a couple more uh, chess games out there. And so, it, that's uh, the pro for me is that you got a guy like Bryce Berenger. Um, we'll we'll, we'll ch- change gears really quick because uh, we do need to power through this group, and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about one particular player. Uh, left to right across the defensive line, looks like Jeff Petrowski is going to be back. And, uh, you know, if you're under center, that's not a guy you want to see on the left side. Yeah, he showed us something last year. You know, it, it's tough losing guys like Panashuk and Beasley, but uh, Petrowski came up big. And, and I'm hoping that uh, the, the name that we're going to get to, I'm going to get to in a minute. But if Simeon Barrow can come back and be healthy, and then we got Maverick Hansen too. This group, especially with how they're coached, it's been well documented. Our, our defensive line coach, um, you know, we, we transition away from Ron Burton a tremendous job now we're in a different sort of era and this may end up being one of our best groups i know that's kind of weird to think about but uh it is very possible yeah, oh yeah yeah I, I think it will be too um when you look at the overall picture as far as Petrowski goes he, he's kind of got that ball hawk mentality which you don't really say out of a defensive end but kind of like Beasley did, he's not as athletic as he is, obviously, but I think he's still very solid in that role. Uh, then my guy, Jacob Slade. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's getting all the preseason hype that I said that he should be getting, except I said it before it all started coming out, so I want a little bit of credit on that. When you go back and you look at the top five pass-rushing duos in the nation last year, you know, obviously, Ajabo and Hutchinson, as far as quarterback pressures, were number one. Uh, I don't even remember who number two is. But number three was the only group that had defensive – was the only pairing that had defensive tackle, and that's Panashuk and Jacob Slade. And, obviously, Panashuk's numbers were second in the nation, I think, or whatever, to Hutchinson in that regard. Jacob Slade is every – bit a first team all-american level player that you can have in regard to what he brings to the table he's going to be the anchor on this defense mm-hmm. yeah and i think if he's going to draw the double teams and he's going to draw the attention a healthy simeon barrow is such a big deal and you know i i didn't name a coach earlier i talked about ron burton being the the past and then kind of the 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 passing of the torch we have multiple guys who can really lead this group. Obviously, Marco Coleman is, a, is the D-line coach, but it's been pretty well documented, the impact of Brandon Jordan. 
that mm-hmm. getting these these NFL guys on campus. There's one guy. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but he plays for uh, the title town, Green Bay Packers. Um, I, he played somewhere in college, but I forget. But, uh, you know, he's been on campus. He got paid to play somewhere in college. It, it, well, yes. And uh, the, you got him. You got a, a bunch of these, like, big-name guys on our campus. I mean, that's that's street cred. That's amazing. And all, all things being said, it sounds like – I don't want to jinx it, and you and I talked about this off the air – Spartan Nation has been clamoring for a five-star recruit defensively. We have 10 four-stars that are they're on schedule to come in next year. We don't have any five-stars. That may change, and that may change in the name of a defensive line recruit. Then if you follow Twitter and you follow you know, 24-7 or 247 or any of these things, you know who he is. And But I would not be surprised if they start coming in groves Thanks to the work of not only Marco Coleman, but especially Brandon Jordan. I'm so happy he's up. And, and only good is going to come out of this. And if we can keep these guys healthy, namely Barrow and Hanson, it takes the pressure off of Slade. Oh, it's it's going to be feasting in the backfield like Xbox on easy mode. I can't wait. Yeah, Bar- Barrow uh, was hurt a lot last year. You know, just multiple nagging things. Wasn't really anything where he missed a ton of time. He did miss a little bit, but he, he's every bit potential that uh, Slade is. I think. Um, I, look, he, he's not going to reach Slade levels this year. It took, I mean, it took Slade what three years to build this up. So, I'm I'm excited to see that combination. I think that's that's for for the question marks at the end that Michigan State has in regard to can Petrowski be a starter. And the guy we'll talk about in a second are the best interior, the best group of interior linemen that there is in the Big Ten, bar none. And yeah. I, I don't think it's a question. And so I, I love this group of defensive tackles. And since we talked about both of them, you look and you back it up too with Maverick Hansen and Jalen Hunt. Jalen Hunt, I want I want to flash back to the Michigan game, all right? The Michigan game in 2021. Because okay. I, I remember a commentator, you know, you're you're speaking with uh you're speaking with with uh, Scotty Hazelton, right? Mm-hmm. I remember one of the commentators say that they spoke with Hazelton and said Jalen Hunt's probably the third best player on this team. Jalen Hunt is now the fourth best defensive tackle. <laughs> so Yeah, that speaks to the development of this group. Devil's advocate, getting back to Slade, are you worried about defenses keying on him, especially if Barrow is out? Keying on him because you have Maverick Hanson and Jalen Hunt. I don't care. I don't care if Barrow's out or not. <laughs> I'm excited about this group. It, it doesn't matter to me. You can key on him all you want because you have Cal Halliday backing you up too. So what, whatever it is, it's pick your poison with the front seven. I really don't care. I love this. And that's going to greatly help out that secondary. God, I, I mentioned this once before on your uh, show, but I love Tucker's comment at Big Ten Media Days. Or maybe if I didn't mention it on the show, we mentioned it personally. He's like, you know what? We, were we can't less. get any worse. So <laughs> it, he's, uh, he's the kind of coach that I think a lot of guys would like to play for. He's honest, but he's supportive. 
He's obviously a, uh, you know, dripping with, with everything that the kind of guy that, you know, you want to be seen rolling with, he's not going to be the guy that's going to, you know, pick his nose on television and eat it. Um, yeah. And, and that's why we're getting guys like, uh, you know, Chris Bago from Florida. He most when he was down in Florida, but he's expected to, to have a shot at starting at DN for us. So, you know, the, the hits keep on coming literally, baby, mm-hmm. let's go. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully Bogo has a, uh... Better success than the last transfer from Florida in his first year, um, in Kimbrough. <laughs> yeah, but he he Kimbrough does have that. moments, but I think the negatives outweigh the positives. Yeah, I mean, okay, thanks for the Nebraska interception, uh, and that's where it ends. Um, yeah, Chris Bogle on the other end. Look, he, he's going to have that opportunity to start. Um, I think there are other guys who could compete for that starting job or at least one other guy, and uh, and it's not Michael Fletcher, which is really weird given the fact that he was the you know the guy coming out of his class. You know what I mean? It's Brandon mm-hmm. Wright, the converted running back. Stud pass rusher. And it started about what? A quarter of the way into last season, you kind of saw him come in more situationally, and I think you're going to see that be the case for Petrowski, maybe. But Brandon Wright has just completely excelled at that position, and he has no qualms about getting to the quarterback. Yep, that's where that previous uh, Jeremy Langford comment comes in. You know, dudes get a chance to uh, to make a difference, maybe on the other side of the ball or a different part. He's a senior. He probably sees, you know, this is my shot, this is my chance, and I'm going to go for it. And there we are. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah I can't wait to see uh, what his development looks like. And look, he's going to be competing for that other end spot. I think Petrowski's the only one who really has one locked up. And again, it, it take it's going to take some of that development. I want you got to see development out of him. If he plays like he played last year, when he started, you kind of saw him disappear. When because Beasley was out for a while, like he still mm-hmm. had moments in those games, but his impact was felt when he was coming off the bench. He's got to be more consistent, um, and he's got to keep that high motor uh, running throughout the course of an entire game. If he does that. I'm not worried about what the other end looks like because, like I said, you can go with Brandon Wright if Bogle doesn't pan out. And you also have Michael Fletcher, who's the top, uh, one of the top recruits in the nation when he came in. So the options are there if things don't pan out like they should. But I think a lot of it, especially – I think a lot of it, especially on the end, lies in the hands of uh, Petrowski's development. We're a little bit more thin than I'd like to be, especially at the end. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, we got a certain transfer from a, a, a certain family that uh, we'll, we'll see if that gives any depth of position. Van Sumeren, you know, comes over. He's the younger brother of some guy who played. But, uh, yeah, it, we'll see uh, – We'll see what it gives us depth-wise. I am a little bit concerned, you know, whether it be, you know, Barrow's health being one thing, but then the the end, the depth, and uh, the issues there, that could be a red flag for this defense. Yeah, but like I said, the options are there. They're quality options. 
but it's just can they put together starter minutes? That, that's a problem. You know, you look at well, let's. I, I don't want to get you off on tangent or whatever, so I'm going to ask you just for my time. I think Michigan State basketball last year you had a lot of really good players that were role players, but none of them were stars. And I mm-hmm. think that's what you're looking at with this defensive end group. You're looking at a lot of good role players. None of them are stars. You need at least one of those guys to step up and be that star um, alongside Jarrell or Hanson or Hunt because you know what you're going to get out of the middle of that group. And so that that's where I stand with it is one of these guys needs to step up. One right. of these guys needs that leap forward that I'm looking for in A.J. Hogarth next year. You know what I mean? But I need it now from Jeff Petrowski, or I need it from Chris Bogle, or even if it's Brandon Wright, I don't care. Yeah, and I think the younger guys in that position are too far away. You know, Chase Simba Carter, you know, yeah, he's a freshman. He's an early enrollee. He was a fairly decent recruit. I don't think you can expect much out of him yet. So it's got to be the guys that we named, and hopefully injuries don't, don't bite us there. Because I don't know what you've been seeing for bowl projections, and I know I'm kind of on a tangent now, but uh, the previous artist previously known as the Outback Bowl is kind of where Michigan State's been targeted. I think if a couple things fall in place, a couple things fall apart in Ann Arbor and other places, you know, who's to, who's to say that how far this team couldn't go? If, uh, if Jordan and, and Coleman can kind of coach these guys up a little bit, I I would love to say Pasadena. I really would. Yeah, I, I mean that would be. Yeah, it's not a semifinal game. I mean that that's definitely I think within the reach of what this Michigan State team can do. But uh, like I said, I th- I think it falls on the end, and uh, like I placed all the emphasis on when we talked about uh, defensive backs with Sean, is it falls on the end and it falls on Amir Speed. And if those mm-hmm. guy, and if you can get one quality defensive end with the good core linebackers, which we're going to talk about with Sean later this week, and the rest of this defensive front, and you look at the offense and the weapons that they have and the playmakers that they have still, yeah, the the Rose Bulls, uh, the Rose Bulls within range, but you got to have that pass rusher on the end, which we don't know if Michigan State has consistently yet. And you got to have at least one corner to lock it down. And if Ronald Williams is your second best corner, that's not a terrible thing. If he's your best corner, it is a bad thing, if you know what I mean. So that that's where this group is. Like, th- this group is important. Um, I think the middle solidified no matter what. Because Deshaun Mallory's still there, too, if I'm not mistaken, in the middle mm-hmm. as your – so – I can live with yeah, that. Yeah, the D because... tackles are fine. The D ends are if, and the secondary is, like Mel said, you got to get better. Yeah. I gotta believe with some of these the transfers, whether you're Ronald Williams or Brantley or the different guys that came in, second year in the program has to mean so much. And I know you guys kind of talked about some of that uh, in that position show, but cohesively, if this defense can work together and Bryce can pin them deep, this is where things start to happen. And it's all good things too. So, what I'm I'm excited about it. I want you have you have to fill that role for Pontius. Both were incredible pass rushers. Excuse me. So, 
as long as you can just – you don't have to get that Ponishuk level pressure in regards to the amount of times he was able to get to the quarterback, but you have to have a collective unit on the ends uh, mm-hmm. that can get similar-ish pressure um, co- collectively because I think you can get a lot more up the middle, and I think if you incorporate that third linebacker, which is some of the talk, and we'll talk about that, like I said, later this week uh, – you've got the ability to get even more if it is snow or Jacoby Windman or whatever it may be. So I, I'm excited about it. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, changing the formation is going to help the line look a little bit better too, potentially. Um, it might hurt the defensive backs, which I don't know how that's possible. I think maybe last year was just like, okay, you know what, we tried this. Uh, forget about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So let's let's load it back up. Uh, it's Big Ten. We got Wisconsin on the schedule this year, um, and you have versatile guys who on the back end who can come up and if they need to. So, like I said, we'll break that down a little bit more later this week. Also, like I said, big news coming here in the next few weeks. I'm excited about it. Chris, I know we talked about it a little bit. I couldn't really gauge your excitement, but uh, <laughs> I seem to think it's a good idea at least. So we're gonna I, roll I am with super the- excited about it. It's right there in line with us picking up a five-star recruit on the defensive side of the ball. It's it's equal. If, if that makes you feel any better, I'm equally as geeked about both of those things. Well, let's just hope it's not Malik McDowell. Um, In regards to five-star recruits on defense. But if that – like I said, will uh, any news that breaks or anything else, you know, stick right here. We got you covered for Michigan State. And uh, like I said, we'll be covering the linebackers. We'll be wrapping up this series. Uh, got some plans to go over a few more uh, preview type things, preview type shows as uh, the season gets closer. We're about a month away, man. Not that Stan cares because obviously he is a Packers fan, as he made it clear earlier uh, in the show. But, uh, look, man, Lions put on pads already. Um, and Hard Knocks airs next week. It is football season. And Michigan yeah. State starts Michigan State starts their uh, fall camp later this week. It's football season. I'm excited. I can't wait. And uh, we'll have a lot more content for you as the season draws near. Chris, thanks again for uh, joining us, brother. I really appreciate it. Always for a Chris pleasure. Stan- thanks for having me. For Chris and I'm Tyler Hayward. This is The Trouble with the Snap.